So the big question is this. How are gigging musicians like us, who don't make any money streaming, who are spending money from our own pockets, how do we treat our music careers as online businesses in a way that lets us get our music and the things we believe in out to the world, yet still remain profitable? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answer. My name is Jared Judge, and welcome to the Gigging Musician Podcast. What's up, Gigging Furs? It's Jared Judge. Welcome back to another episode of the Gigging Musician Podcast. And I've got a couple great stories for you that will definitely help you trying to book higher-end private event gigs. But first, I want to let you know that I'm sorry I haven't podcasted in a while. Uh, It's been maybe a week or so. And the reason, truth be told, is that I can't really podcast indoors in the morning because I don't want to wake my wife up. And... So that leaves me to podcast outside on my way back from the gym, which, yes, I've been going to the gym, keeping my New Year's resolution. How about you? Um, But the problem has been the temperatures here in Denver have been single digits or negatives for the last week or so. It's just been crazy. Too cold to do anything. Wife and I have been seeing a lot of movies. We've got a season pass at this movie theater chain called Alamo Drafthouse. Anyone here an Alamo Drafthouse fan or season ticket holder? It's so amazing. All right, and then one more personal update before we dive into the stories I mentioned about gigs, which is we got cats. We uh, adopted two beautiful cats last night. Their names were originally Lily and James. Yep, like Harry Potter's parents. But we renamed them to Milo and Nori. And they are tabby cats. One is orange, one is gray. And they're the cutest things. And they're so playful and social. They actually snuggled with us in bed last night, which was so nice. <laughs> all right, TMI. Getting back to the gigging stuff, which is what you all came for, I assume. Uh, which is the last week or so has uh, shown a lot of amazing progress in developing my gig vault. Building up my partnerships with venues and event planners. So a couple quick stories. There's this one event venue called Lionsgate Event Center that I had been trying to partner with, get on their preferred vendor list. Because if you're new to this podcast, the preferred vendor list is the key to getting bookings at these high-end corporate events, weddings, etc., without spending any money on those gigging websites like Gig Salad and The Bash. So getting on their internal list of recommended vendors as a musician is totally possible and that's where i get the majority of my gigs actually so i've been trying to develop this relationship with one called lionsgate event center they're the venue that i actually played for a televised wedding on the national tv show married at first sight by lifetime channel but like i'd been reaching out to them and trying to get on the preferred vendor list but hasn't been going super well um they've been busy And then I saw they posted about hosting what's called a date night event, which is just an event that they invite their uh, wedding clients, their brides and grooms to, and prospective brides and grooms as well. Because don't forget, these venues are in the business themselves. They have to market their services just like we musicians do. And so they're hosting these date nights to, I guess, get some more bookings themselves, and then help the uh, couples who've already booked them for their wedding, help them get a head start on their planning and make them feel more connected to the venue, which 
that in itself is a good lesson for us musicians. So once you book somebody, do you do anything to help them feel more connected to you? I think the closest that I get to is like I do a consultation call with them. I call it the music planning session. But anyway, back to the original story was, uh, you know, they're hosting this date night and I was like, Hey, I want to, I want to play at that date night. Cause if I could get in front of their couples and show them what I got, they have a chance of booking me. Right. So I commented on their Instagram post about it. And then I emailed somebody about it and the uh, comment got ignored. The email got basically like a standard automated message. Like, thanks for your inquiry. We'll get back to you as soon as possible. And then ignored. <laughs> Pretty annoying, right? So instead of just getting rejected, I, I'll be honest, it made me a little mad. <laughs> and so that frustration, I think actually caused me to swing hard in the direction of like, okay, I'm doubling down on my pursuit. It's kind of like you want what you can't have. And this really motivated me because I couldn't have it. It's just within grasp. And so I followed up again and then I called their phone number trying to offer my sponsorship and then finally got through to somebody who was like, oh, we already have a DJ for that night. Thank you so much, but I'll pass your info to our, our owner, which, okay, we're getting somewhere now. And then I think because I was still kind of frustrated, I asked them, hey, would you mind giving me the, the owner's phone number and I'll just reach out to them directly. And they were very insistent on not giving me the owner's phone number. And I get that, you know, people's time should be protected, but I'm me, right? Do you know who I am? No, I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm not a Karen. <laughs> so I accepted that. And then much to my surprise, a couple days later, I got an email from the owner. I wasn't expecting anything. And the owner was like, Hey, yeah, um, saw you're interested in sponsoring our events. Um, like, like our staff member mentioned, we already have a DJ, but you know, would you be interested in being a preferred vendor, which that was actually kind of the original goal anyway, was to become a preferred vendor. And so I was like, hell yeah, I am so down. Let's do it. How do I make this happen? Of course, I wrote my email a little more professionally than that. And then I got an email that surprised me, which was great. Here is our preferred vendor contract which I have never gotten one of these before. And it was like a combination of a contract and also brochure about being a preferred vendor at this event venue. And I will tell you, most event venues and event planners do not take their preferred vendorship program this seriously. But it was really cool to see because inside of this brochure, it explained exactly what it means to be a preferred vendor, which... The big takeaway is that they actively pitch their preferred vendors to their clients. So in the, they talked about their process. They said that when a client books with them, they have a consultation meeting with them. And then at this meeting, they talk about vendor options that would pair well with their vision. And they only recommend their preferred vendors. And they said that our vendors on the preferred vendor list see like a 90% booking rate, which is amazing. And so I read through the contract and here you guys are probably waiting for the, the shoe to drop. And yes, there is a shoe drop 
read the contract. A lot of it was basic stuff like, hey, if you're working with one of our clients, we expect a fast response rate and so forth. Like you are an extension of our brand, so don't mess it up. And then that's all fine. Then there was one line in it that said, you as the preferred vendor agree to give Lionsgate 15% of your bookings that come through us. And so that most musicians would probably be a little miffed by that. But I took some time to think about it. And I was thinking about booking agents because that's essentially what they're doing is like if the only way I would pay them is if they book me. So they are effectively acting as a booking agent for me. And what a traditional booking agents charge anywhere between 25 and I've seen all the way as high as 50%. It was like 15% is much more reasonable. And if this is the only way, then I'm down. Sounds fair to me. Plus, another way of thinking about it is that, you know, when you pay money to these booking websites like Geek Salad, The Bash, etc., you're paying them a monthly fee or yearly fee, plus on Geek Salad, and I think The Bash as well, you're also paying them a percentage. So the total percentage of every gig that you book is probably at least 15%. And so I feel like this is right in line with what I'd be willing to pay anyway for my marketing budget for every single gig. That's why we build a profit margin into our gigs. And I keep hammering home about that. So signed the contract, returned it, and boom, became officially a preferred vendor of the Lionsgate Event Center. Hooray. Uh, but, you know, I think that's all great. Getting on preferred vendors is awesome, but that's not like the final step. And I think a lot of musicians get confused about that. Like the final step is when they actually give me a booking. And so I didn't have to wait long for that because a day or two after I signed the contract, I got an email from one of their wedding planners, their on-staff venue coordinators. And she was actually one of the coordinators that I'd worked with at that gig that I played at, I played at their venue. And she's like, hey, here, we're going to be partnering. So exciting. Uh, by the way, one of our weddings had their violinist cancel for October 12th. Are you available? So, boom, we went from just being on their preferred vendor list to getting a gig offer right away, which is awesome. Uh, so I replied saying, yep, I'm available. Let's make it happen. And then uh, actually the second part of her email was like, by the way, I know you aren't playing on our January date night, but we're having a February one. And would you be interested in playing? This is more like a wedding expo. And I said, heck yeah, because, you know, I don't have to pay to be at this wedding expo. Most wedding expos you do, and they can be profitable if you pay for them, but you have to have the right strategy in mind. So having a free one is even better. So I said yes to both of those things. And that is the process to getting free. Well, not free, but like, you know, I'm not paying upfront for these gigs. I don't pay marketing budget. I just pay if they book me. Which, you know, if they're doing all the recommendations and they're actually handling the transaction so that my gig money will be coming directly from the venue and not from the bride or groom who booked me. And so that's the preferred vendor list process. And that's why I've been spending so much time working my gig vault. Um, that, that same process has happened with Villa Parker, which I've done a podcast episode 
on the way back from several of the gigs that I played at Villa Parker. And they finally added me to their preferred vendor list webpage. So you can check that out if you go to like villaparker.com, I think. And there's a preferred vendors tab. You can see Extreme Strings under the entertainment section, which is pretty cool. And so, yeah, there are over 600 venues in the Denver area. And I'm just literally scratching the surface. And the cool part is like, I only probably need like 10 to 20 of them to have a fully booked uh, year, which <laughs> that's, that's crazy. Like this is how you, one musician is able to scale their operations up to the point where like, I will need more musicians to play multiple gigs in one day, just because I'm going to be generating so much demand for my services through this strategy combined with others. Like I'm still on gig salad and the bash and wedding wire, but it doesn't take much. And, you know, I'm, I'm experienced enough to like figure out how to make these conversations work, right? There are a lot of musicians who are just, you haven't done it enough to feel out how do these relationship dynamics work. And that's okay. That's not a reason not to start. In fact, that's more of a reason to start and get all of the awkward figuring out part out of the way sooner rather than later. Um, because, you know, delay is the enemy of success. So I'll leave it there. If you'd like to pursue opening up your gig vault, getting some preferred vendorless going, then now is the time to go to openthegigvault.com and I will give you a free trial of BookLive, which has all the venue and event planners baked right in it. So you can just log in and say, hey, I'm in Austin, Texas. And then they'll give you a list of all of them in Austin, Texas, and then templates and ways to reach out to them uh, so that you get on their preferred render list just like I have. All right. Thanks for tuning into another episode of the Gingy Musician Podcast. Remember, your music will not market itself. Bye, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Gigging Musician Podcast. If you like this episode, then please take a screenshot on your phone and tag me and post on Instagram, letting me know what you liked about this episode and let me know what you would like to hear in future episodes. That will help me serve you better. Also, I would love to invite you to my upcoming five-day full-time music challenge. Just give me five short days and I will show you a step-by-step -step plan to make real consistent income with your music. It's totally free and you can register on fulltimemusicchallenge.com. That's fulltime, one word, no dash in between, fulltimemusicchallenge.com. Thanks again and I hope to see you in my next challenge.